Hey y'all, and welcome back to This Is Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hilbert, and this is a podcast all about how to become the best version of you. Finding who you really are, improving yourself, feeding your soul, and exploring new ways to grow in each area of your life. This week, we're going back to a series that I've done once before an episode in, and it's still unnamed, but it's basically about why certain pop culture topics are so popular. And this week is true crime. Why true crime is so popular and what we can learn from that information and take away from it. But first, how has y'all's week been? I had a bit of a butt kicking as I was super nauseous for a couple days and then I had this headache every time I would stand up, but I wasn't dehydrated or anything. It was honestly really weird and just really frustrating because then I had a headache whenever I looked at my computer and I had a really hard time working on episodes and I was worried that I wouldn't get this done in time, but here we are. (laughs) On a positive note, Zach has been working on creating a new jingle for me for the beginning of this podcast. I don't think it's going to be done by the time this episode goes up, but if the music does sound different for whatever reason, he made that. If not, um, I'm still using what I was before, but so far I'm loving it. Um, It's really great that I get to have something more personalized for this podcast as I was using something more generic. For those of you who don't know, Zach produces music and he kindly offered to make one for me, which is super cool and I'm excited about that. I have also been working on a new episode slash series for this podcast that I am so excited about. It is kind of like a book club series. It's mostly books about self-improvement and things in that realm, but I thought it might be really interesting and thought-provoking, and we can start more of a discussion between uh, between you guys together, as well as kind of my thoughts and feelings about it all. I'm still figuring out how I want to structure this first episode, which is why it's going to take me a little bit longer, but the first book that we're going to be doing is The Art of Thinking Clearly by Rolf DeBelli. So if you want to be a part of that series, once I pick each book, I'll let you know. The more that we get farther into this series, I can give you guys a better idea of how long it really takes me to read the book, um, create all the notes and everything, and then create the episode. That way you can kind of plan out how much time that you need. But as we get closer to this specific episode coming out, I'll give you guys a better idea of that time frame as well. Um, I want you guys to have ample amount of time to read it. I originally wanted to do a single episode on books that will change your life. But this way, I figure I can read and react to them along with you and give my thoughts and opinions. And then we as a group can decide if it would make it onto that list or not. A little bit more interactive as well as I don't have to, I was kind of worried that I would have to sit there and go through all of these different books to find the right list for you guys. And it would take me a really, really long time. This way you can kind of see the weeding out um, mentality of this book is good, but I just wouldn't put it on that list yet. Or this book was amazing and I want to put it on there. And even if there's ones that maybe I would put on that list or ones that you would put on that list that I wouldn't, then, you know, you can kind of figure out your personal list, which I think would be cool. All right. That was the longest intro that I have done to date, but let's get into this week's episode. Lore, and that's why we drink, Sword and Scale, Crime Junkie, and Serial. If you are someone who loves true crime, you've probably listened to one, if not all, of these podcasts. 
even though you can feel so distraught for the victims, you just can't seem to let go of your true crime addiction. You love it. It's entertaining and thrilling and educational. And everyone is listening to them. It is the third most popular podcast genre behind comedy and news. But why? Why do we love listening to gory details of heinous crimes? Why are we so interested in the terror that others have experienced? Well, there are actually many answers to that question, but part of it appeals to the side of us that just wants to be prepared for anything that could happen. And the part of us that just loves some good old drama. But let's start there. Let's touch on my drama queens and my drama kings. My friends who thrive on the thrill of knowing chaos might ensue at any moment. Why do, you, why do we enjoy that? Because for many crime podcasts are not only the time that we seek out drama. We may even seek out drama in our own lives in our personal relationships and friendships seemingly out of nowhere. And if you find you are not one of these people, you avoid drama at all costs, I'm sure you can relate through others. We all at some point or another have incurred, encountered someone who just couldn't let go of the drama. It felt like everywhere they went, drama followed them. They were always a victim and just couldn't stop help but being drawn to these scenarios. It's an addiction for some, and 99% of the time, a pure recipe for disaster. As a society, we thrive on the excitement we receive from drama and chaos in others' lives. It's sad but true. Drama is entertaining, which is why reality TV shows exist. These companies are making bank off of our societal want for screaming matches, heartbreaks, and the occasional fistfight. We love it all. It connects to our emotions and gets our adrenaline pumping. The twists and turns, the roller coaster throughout each episode, it all plays with our emotions in such extreme ways we can't help but find it addicting. And we experience this similar feeling when we listen to true crime podcasts. We're listening to these crazy stories with the most intense plot twists and climax of all. Horror and many times death. And to top it all off, these stories and events actually happened, making each twist and turn even more terrifying and emotion-evoking. Now this is where we separate our true drama queens and kings from our guilty pleasure listeners. Drama and reality TV and true crime podcasts are a distraction. This is another reason why we love them. It takes us away from our lives momentarily. I mean, think about it. When do you mainly listen to true crime podcasts? I guess any podcast, really, when you're doing mundane tasks and you're bored. Maybe you are deep cleaning your house for the first time in a while, possibly going on a road trip and you hit hour six where music is starting to sound really repetitive, or you're sitting in a doctor's office waiting for your appointment, or worse, the DMV. (laughs) All mundane, everyday, seemingly boring tasks that can use a little oomph. And that oomph is true crime. Taking a deep breath, preparing yourself for the long road ahead of you, you plug in your headphones and lose yourself in the insanely eventful gory story of someone's untimely death. But here's a separation. Are you someone who only loves the thrill of drama when it comes to TV, movies, podcasts, and overall storytelling? Or do you let that thrill 
that excitement, that addiction bleed into your life? Do you know someone who lets it bleed into their life and possibly by association your life? I think many of us either were this way or had friends that were as we grew up, especially in middle school and high school as rumors and drama and love and friendships become a larger piece of our lives. Adolescence is the time most often we experience most personal drama in a consistent form. Throughout our entire lives, we experience ups and downs of life, but to have that consistent, higher-than-life feeling to suddenly hating everything around you and feeling like everyone is constantly in each other's business is more of an earlier-in-life approach and feeling. But that doesn't mean we don't experience these types of people in adulthood. I have always been known for having friends in my life who had a rough upbringing, or I had friends who really enjoyed to stir the pot, if you know what I mean. As the intensely emotional human being that I am, and always have been, I am extremely empathetic and wanted to be there for those who needed me, but I always had a hard time distinguishing who actually needed me and who enjoyed the attention that I gave. And that was lesson number one for me, as I became an an adult and really did not enjoy having drama in my personal life. I am a save it for the podcast kind of gal. I have done an episode on friendships in adulthood already, so I'm going to link that in the show notes if you're trying to better navigate how to cultivate better positive relationships and how to recognize and weed out the negative ones. But quick point on this topic is taking a moment and thinking about how often is this person running to you with personal issues or drama, whether the issue is trivial or this may sound harsh, but worth your time. And how this person would react if you could not help them with the problem that they are having. They get over it and continue with your friendship, or they hold it against you and hold a, hold a grudge. In my opinion, what I have found is that people who really just enjoy stirring the pot and bringing you into their mess just because are the ones who hold a grudge. Lesson number two to weeding out unnecessary drama is to leave the scenario with the person it belongs to. Do not bring that negative energy home with you. Do not talk about it with your significant other, your family, your other friends. Do not let it affect you once you leave that conversation. Put a wall between you and that situation because at the end of the day, it is not your situation to handle and you cannot choose how that person handles it. Whatever they decide and whatever consequences come with those decisions are theirs to deal with. It is unnecessary negativity and drama you are bringing into your life. I had a moment this year where one of my friends had been just going through a lot. Issues with her family, one of her best friends who was living with her, and work on top of it all. And I wanted to be there for her, and I was. I would talk over every detail and give her my thoughts. She even told me our talks were like getting advice from her older sister. But I realized that after every conversation, I was going home and talking to Zach about it. I was giving him my thoughts, and then when she made a decision different from the suggestion I gave, I would feel frustrated that she didn't take my advice. I eventually realized that I was letting someone else's drama affect me, and it was becoming my drama. She mentioned one day how I never really had any drama in my life, that I that I talked about at least, and how nice that must be. And I realized that she was right. And my life is by no means perfect. I have my own issues I deal with, but drama between friends and family and my boyfriend are not one of them. 
I spent a lot of time and effort creating a circle around me of these amazing people and friends that I can rely on to not stir the pot. They don't even have a pot that could be stirred. That is how much drama we don't have. So maybe I was enjoying the little bit of excitement I was getting from talking to her about her life. I mean, like I said, drama is an addiction and I fell for it. I drank the Kool-Aid. Like I said, one day I came home and I realized that I'd been feeling weird all day, a little off. And I decided, I realized that I had been letting someone else's problems and issues affect me so much that I had an off day and I had been bringing that home. I made the decision not to talk to Zach about it anymore as it's not any form of negativity he needs in his life. And that unless she specifically asked to talk about it with me, I wasn't going to talk about it anymore. I was there if she needed me, but I was not going to seek out what was going on. No more updates for me. Cold turkey. So maybe drama adrenaline isn't your thing. Maybe you listen to true crime because you want to be more prepared. If anyone comes close to you, you will be ready to punch them in the throat and run faster than you ever have because listening to true crime has prepared you for this moment. We see this more often in women than in men. Women are more often a victim a victim of such a crime and more often are learning, reading, and listening about survival to feel more protected. We want to know how such an event could occur, what was happening that ended with someone finding themselves in such a scenario, and how can I prevent myself from experiencing such an awful fate? But are we taking things too far? Are you finding yourself constantly in a state of fear? Attempting to be aware of your surroundings, but finding yourself darting eyes back and forth to a point of insanity? Where's the line, and did you cross it a long time ago? Anxiety and stress are emotions that are completely normal. We all feel them and act accordingly, depending on what threat level we feel based off each individual situation. (laughs) Sorry, that was a weird way to say that word. Situation. A man in a grocery store keeps looking your way, making you uncomfortable, so you move to the other end of the store and leave pretty soon after, compared to a man following you, causing you to alert staff what is happening. Different levels of threat warranting different responses and feelings of anxiety and stress. But are we letting that anxiety override our instincts? Are we falling prey to overstimulation of abnormal situations, aka true crime overload? Survival anxiety should never be a case that is affecting your everyday life. It is abnormal to feel anxious at all times of the day or every time you're alone or leave your house. Feeling unsafe in everyday situations is when fear is overtaking your life, and that's when you've crossed that line. We can learn a lot of awareness tips and survival techniques and instincts from these abnormal scenarios, but... When every interaction with a stranger becomes a potential threat to you, you are no longer benefiting from your favorite podcast. And let's be honest, no one wants to live a life of fear, letting each event in your life cause irrational anxiety in turn, changing your daily habits. But we all have fears. We have scenarios in our brain that make our skin crawl, impossible outcomes that cause us to choose to say no to a blind date instead of yes. About 10% of the U.S. population experience phobias, such as social phobias, specific phobias like having a phobia of heights, and agoraphobia, which is the phobia of situations which are difficult to escape, aka true crime scenarios. 
But how do we distinguish irrational fears and fears we should listen to? The other day, I was listening to this amazing TED Talk by Karen Thompson Walker and her take on fears. She did an amazing job of comparing fears to storytelling, describing their similar structure in the sense of having a beginning, middle, and end. They each have a plot, characters, and overall suspense. We use our imaginations to conjure up both, which can lead to irrational choices based on how intense and wild the stories we create based off of our fear. We are more scared of the unlikely scenarios than we are of the more likely because the unlikely stories have the worst endings. We are more likely to change our habits for these scenarios. We create a story about our plane crashing into the ocean and our families drowning, gasping for air, leading us to decide to drive 20 hours to vacation then fly. We refuse to go to the grocery store after dark because we have decided we will get kidnapped or raped or beaten. But we don't change our habits for the more likely, the slower evolving scenarios. We don't change our eating habits even though our current situation may lead to diabetes. We still eat out twice a week even though our income is lower and we eventually need to get our car fixed because that scenario is not an immediate death sentence we've conjured up. We allow our irrational fears, these irrational stories, be in charge of our choices and our lives, and we ignore the storyline we are more likely to follow. Karen Thompson Walker said it best in her TED Talk when she said, Read in the right way, our fears are an amazing gift of the imagination, a kind of everyday clairvoyance, glimpsing what might be the future when there is still time to influence how that future will play out. We need to take that extra moment and separate out what is a rational fear versus what is an irrational fear and decide which path to follow. Fear is an important, unescapable piece of life, but used correctly and appropriately can be so helpful and important to our lives. Listening to true crime, we can learn so much about these insane scenarios that yes, are possible, but unlikely. Is it wrong to learn survival tips or take a self-defense class because you're fearful? No. But should it control every move you make every day of your life? No. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and were able to take away how true crime podcasts can be important to our lives because I personally love them. I will link below in the show notes my previous episode on friendships and adulthood as well as the TED Talk about fear by Karen Thompson Walker. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and go like and follow my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash thisisyourlifepodcast. There, I post more resources and updates on episodes, as well as overall encouraging content. If you have any suggestions or requests for episode topics, you can email me at thisisyourlifepodcast at gmail.com. And remember, guys, this is your life.